Chapter 3. Going to die, Brian thought. Going to die. Gonna die. Gonna die. His whole brain screamed it in all the sudden silence. Gonna die. He wiped his mouth with the back of his arm and held the nose down. The plane went into a glide, a very fast glide that ate altitude, and suddenly there weren't any lakes. All he'd seen, si seen since they started flying over the forest was lakes, and now they were gone. Gone. Out in front, far away at the horizon, he could see lots of them, glittering blue in the late afternoon sun. But he needed one right now in front of him. He desperately needed a lake right in front of the plane, and all he saw through the windshield were trees, green death trees. If he had to turn, if he had to turn, he didn't think he could keep the plane flying. His stomach tightened into a series of rolling knots, and his breath came in short bursts. There! Not quite in front, but slightly to the right, he saw a lake, L-shaped, with rounded corners, and a plane was nearly aimed at the L, long part of the L, coming from the bottom and heading to the top. Just a tiny bit to the right, he pushed the rudder right, pedal gently, and the nose moved over. But the turn cost him speed, and now the lake was above the nose. He pulled back on the wheel slightly, and the nose came up. This caused the plane to slow dramatically and almost seemed to stop and wallow in the air. The controls became very loose-feeling and frightened Brian, making him push the wheel back in. This increased the speed a little bit, but filled the windshield once more with nothing but trees and put the lake well above the nose and out of reach. For a space of three or four seconds, things seemed to hang almost to stop. The plane was flying, but so slowly, so slowly, it would never reach the lake. Brian looked out to the side and saw a small pond, and at the edge of the pond, some very large animal, he thought a moose, standing out of the water. And so still looking, so stopped, and the pond and the moose and the trees, as he slid over them now only three or four hundred feet off the ground, all like a picture. Then everything happened at once. Trees suddenly took on detail, filled with whole field of vision with green, and he knew he would hit and die, would die, but his luck held, and just as he hit, he came upon an open lake, a channel of fallen trees, a wide place leading to the lake. The plane, committed now to landing, to crashing, fell into the wide place like a stone, and Brian eased back on the wheel and braced himself for the crash. But there was a tiny bit of speed left, and when he pulled up on the wheel, the nose came up, and he saw in front the blue of the lake, and at that instant, the plane hit the trees. There was a great retching of the wings caught at the pines at the side of the clearing and broke back, ripping back just outside the main braces. Dust and dirt blew off the floor into his face so hard he thought there must have been some kind of explosion. He was momentarily blinded and slammed forward in the seat, smashing his head on the wheel. Then a wild crashing sound, ripping of metal, and the roll plane rolled to the right and blew through the trees, out over the water and down, down to the slam into the lake, skip once on the water as hard as concrete, water that tore out the windshield and shattered the side windows, water that drove him back into his seat. Somebody was screaming, screaming as the plane drove down into the water. Somebody screamed tight, animal screams of fear and pain, and he did not know that it was his sound, that he roared against the water that took him, and the plane still deeper down into the water. 
He saw nothing but sensed blue, cold blue-green, and he raked at the seatbelt batch, tore his nails loose on one hand. He ripped at it until it released, and somehow the water trying to kill him, to end him, somehow he pulled himself out of the shattered front window and clawed into the blue. He felt something hold him back. He felt his windbreaker tear, and he was free, tearing free, ripping free. But so far, so far to the surface, and his lungs could not do this thing, could not hold and were through. And he sucked water, took a great pull of water that would finally win, finally take him, and his head broke into the light. He vomited and swam, pulling without knowing what he was, what he was doing, without knowing anything, pulling until his hands caught at weeds and muck pulling and screaming until his hands caught at last the grass and brush, and he felt his chest on hand, on land, felt his face in the coarse blades of the grass, and he stopped. Everything stopped. A color came that he had never seen before, a color that exploded in his mind with the pain, and he was gone, gone from it all, spiraling out into the world, spiraling out into nothing, nothing.